0: We, I, I started a series last week, and I grappled with the title a little bit, and, and, and we, we came up with the word true vision, and, and I wanted to just build on this a little bit um, today, um, but uh, you know, it, it's, just, it's well, before I get there, it's just that it's so important what, what you are looking at, it, it, it is because we are all looking at some stuff, and we are also all seeing certain stuff. And it's really important for you to be cognizant and conscious of what you are looking at. And, and so this is the reason we, we're talking about some of these things, you know. Uh, but if you want to experience uh, the wholeness, if you want to experience God's unconditional love, if you want to experience His peace, when I say experience, I mean like tangibly experience peace. No matter what's happening in the politics, no matter how many migrants cross the border— or what the economy does, or whatever, whoever says. doesn't matter if the storms, quote-unquote, rage. You can experience His love. You can experience His peace. And everything that Jesus came to give us as a co-heir. You and I, if you believed in Jesus, you are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. He earned an inheritance for you that you and I should be living and walking in. But sadly, many of us never actually learn to tap into His inheritance and walk in, his, in the fullness of inheritance, even though it's ours. And it's very much got to do with what we're looking at. And so if you want to walk more in it, we'll, we'll take it in. But this is, this is all of what, it, what, what we want to touch. It's, there's just so many good things. You know, you have a kingdom calling. You have a calling in the kingdom. You have a specific. If you're born again, you, didn't born, you weren't born again, God has greater purposes for you than just to come to church on a Sunday and then just carrying on living a normal life. You've got grander purposes. And I'm not saying all of you all are called to a mission field or whatever. Maybe you are. Maybe you're the next Billy Graham. Uh, And immediately, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm too old. Hey, listen, let me tell you, don't ever say, I can't. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me, right? So you have a calling, and, and but what are you looking at will totally disqualify you. You will disqualify yourself, not in the sight of God, in, in the sight of, of man. I mean, sorry, you will not disqualify yourself in the eyes of God, because He has qualified you. You and I disqualify ourselves from what God has called us to. Depending on what we're looking at. What are we seeing? yes, you can disqualify yourself. You have got such, you you and I have got no idea just how awesome you are, just how much you are called to, the grandness of your thing, and so it's totally up to you if you want more, or do you want to limit God in your life? You can, and I can, and I do, I do limit God in my life. Anyhow, I'm Last week I wanted to make a correction. I had I had read something that, and I don't know how many of you who went back and studied what I said last week, you would have seen my mistake. Anybody? <laughs> but I felt like I had to I had to give some. I gave you three scriptures: Matthew three sixteen, um, Matthew four sixteen, and Matthew four eighteen. And in these scriptures, when I was talking about the word saw and what he's seeing, and the first one was um, I'm just going to reference here: Jesus when he was baptized went straight out over the water, and the heavens were opened, and he saw um, the Spirit of God, and I gave you the Greek word, and I gave you the wrong Greek word. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Shame, shame on me. And all three of those I said was, 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 the, was the word, um, uh, uh, what did I say? I'm trying to remember. I gave, I gave you the word, um, no, we do. That's the word I gave you and it's, it, which is Greek, no, never mind, you don't need to know the Greek number, but, but, it, but there, um, I, had, I had crossed, somehow I got my wires all crossed, but it's actually the Greek word horao, those are the ones in the, those three passages when he saw them, and that, that is sometimes used to see with the eyes, but it's also to see with the mind, and to perceive, and to know, so, and I'd said last week that in Greek, You know, in English, at least, we're so limited with our English words. I mean, many times, if you've been around church for very long, we've spoken about Greek words, and there's like four Greek words for love, but in English, we just use love. But you would know there's a big difference between eros, and there's a big words between phileo, and there's a big difference between agape. They're all totally different words, but in English, we just use love. And it's the same with the word saw, seeing, looking. There are a numerous. There's a bunch of Greek words um, that have got. To, and this one that 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 I had said that, that this orau, it's to not just see with the eyes. It's to perceive. It's to understand. It's to see something in your heart. And again, and and I wanted to pull. Uh, pull out some of these scriptures because um, these particular scriptures that I wanted to go through. And I and I'll, I'll tie this in here in a minute. And you'll see where I'm going with. Um, but. Um, I tell you what, I tell you what, if the ushers will get ready to pass out some of those things that I told you to pass out, you can go ahead and pass out. Now, I know as soon as you get that, you're going to stop listening to what I'm saying because you're going to, so I don't know if I should just sit here and wait, um, but, but the, 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 you can go ahead and pass it. Try and, try and pay attention because I know that you're going to see something that uh, looks like this. Ever, ever seen one of these before? Who knows what they are? 3D glasses. How many of you went to movies like this with 3D? It's the old version, right? The old version. Why? Because you can see they've got red and cyan or red and blue. And typically, in case you want to know, um, red is on the left. In case, not, so, You can do it with these. You can do it different ways, of course, because they're cardboard. But... but or, you know, what's, what's interesting about the old way of doing it, this is a fancy, fancy word for this is called anaglyph. Fancy word. It works differently on the brain, but, but simple, it's got a, a lens, it's got a red lens, and it's got a, a blue lens, and, and um, um, you, you know, obviously only it works now, you know, suddenly if you see, if you put these on, you'll see that I'm actually in 3D. <laughs> Took a while for some of you to catch that. <laughs> 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump out at you. Okay, yeah, so what's kind of fun is that, you know, your vision can change when you see how, when everybody, I mean, when everybody has got one of these, let me know, okay. got everybody got one? Who hasn't got one yet? Anybody? Some people at the back don't have them over there. All righty, we're almost there. Okay. So I, 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 have a, I have a slide that I want to show you first, a slide. Okay, now look at the, the slide. I'm hoping this slide will work for you. Now, this slide... The, now, if you close... If you, while you look at this slide with your gl- glasses on... and sorry, guys, online, I hope you have a pair of these lying around your house. Because, <laughs> but um, I can't do that very easily online. But if you close one of your eyes, um, you should be able to see one word... If it, and then when you close the other eye, you should be able to see a different word. Is that true? Can you see that? We had to do a little bit of finagling over here. Okay. Okay, so how about, how about, let's, watch, how about let's try this video over here? There's actually better 3D technology, but as you can see. (laughs) Okay, well, you guys get the point, right? Now, you are going to be able to go home with these. We can just quit it right there. You are going to be able to go home with these, and I'm telling you, there are... YouTube, by the way, has got lots of 3D... Movies and pieces, and there's actually one that I lined up that is a roller coaster ride, first person roller coaster ride. It's pretty awesome, but I don't think we have time for that today. So, but <laughs> some of you may, t- I just, you know, I don't want people throwing up inside their seats in the church. That would, that would have been. But, but you see, what I, what I wanted to, sh- to show and talk to you about this is that, you know, these are just simple lenses. Now, if you just looked around the room and you closed one eye, obviously you're seeing things through a red filter. Or if you close the other eye, you're seeing it through a sign or a, a, blue, a blue filter. Um, and, and, you know, the filter, as we saw, the filter that you see, you and I have filters on the eyes of our heart. You have, you know, just like we all have filters, but none of us think we have a filter. We all, but we all do. And our filters have been formed, like I've said before, because we've had, you've been exposed to religion. If you've you've grown up in Bible Belt America, or if you've grown up in different parts of America, some parts of America have got very little churches. I don't know if you know that. You grew up in the Bible Belt. There's parts of America that have got very little church. But you may, being in church, you may have grown up with a religious filter, and and so you may you may have seen God in a certain way because of your belief system. What's been what's what's been put into your heart will color everything that you have seen, everything that you currently see. That filter, no matter what you look at, no matter what you look at, if you looked at the Word of God, you would see it through your filter. And, and, and we can say, oh, well, I just do what the Word of God says. But the problem is, I'm seeing the Word of God through my own filter. Do exactly. <laughs> you understand? So, it's very important to... So, what we're talking about today is because what we are, what we are looking at and how we are looking and what we are seeing is, is such a powerful word. Now, I'm going to go to Matthew 2, verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to read a couple of scriptures over here. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Now, that word, saw his star, you know, it's interesting because that word saw is not the word blepo, and it's not the word orau, it's the word widow. So it's not because they saw us they just simply oh look there's a bright star over there I saw your star it's no we it's the same word in greek translated no they knew that that was his star there was an interpretation of it, and if you've ever watched the video, um, the Star of Bethlehem, it's fascinating. Um, they can go back and, and actually identify what it is. How, what, what, how Jupiter, the king of the planets, moved through this way and through the Virgin and all through the constellations, and underst- there is an understanding of what played out in the heavens, of why they saw it. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't like there was this one big giant bright shining ball of fire that everybody understood. It was wise, It took wise men to understand, and they could understand from what was happening in the heavens that a king of the Jews had been born. All of that from, and they didn't see it with the naked eye. They saw it, yes, but they understood it. They widowed it. They, uh, they knew it. So understanding that word differently, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, yeah, like there's that bright, crazy star. That's not what happened. But you see, you wouldn't even understand that if we just see the English word, "soul," Because you think like, no, no, no. In any case, let me look at this one. Luke 10, 23 and 24. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see. And hear what you hear and did not hear it. Did you see how many times we saw see there? Now this is interesting. I'm going to go back to verse 23, if you would. Please, Joy. Turning to the disciples, he said, Blessed are the eyes that blepo what you blepo, the the eyes that see what you see. The eyes, sorry, ophthalmus, what you blepo, what you You blepo. He's talking about what you are actually observing, blepo, what you are actually seeing in front of you. And then carry on this. Then he says this, For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to do what you bleppo and did not blep uh, but you it says sorry it says I'll tell you again that many prophets and kings desire to bleppo what I'm trying to get this right now so I don't mess up myself <laughs> like last year the Desi- the kings desired to sorry widow what you bleppo but did not widow it that's the right way Sorry. You see, in English it's see, 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 see. They many prophets desire to see. They thought, oh, the prophets were just longing to see the man Jesus walking around in the streets, knowing that he was a savior. No, no, no. They wanted to weado, they wanted to see, they wanted to understand, they wanted to know, they wanted to know and experience and perceive what you are actually seeing, but do not see with your hearts. He's telling them, you guys. You guys may be seeing bleppoing me, but you're not widowing me. And the prophets and kings, they wanted to actually know what you are currently seeing, but you're not perceiving. Does that make sense? Did I thoroughly confuse you all right no, now? Hopefully not, because this is I'm just I'm just wanting to point you out there, there is such phenomenal truth because we get to understand when we're looking at the things that are not just seen. Now, um, I'm, going to skip, I'm going to skip one of these or two or them. Um, okay, I'm going to go back down to Matthew 25, just for the sake of time. When the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and welcome you, naked and clothe you? And when did we see a, a sick person in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my, my brothers, you did it to me. Now, that word see, when did we see you a stranger? When did we know you? When did we widow you? Not just physically seeing a poor person, but seeing, perceiving, here is somebody that I can assist. This is somebody. He says, if you help the least of these, you're helping me, right? When did you know? When did we see? That's the word see. It's not just physical seeing. Okay, I've made my point. So there's a difference between blepo and widow, and as we've touched on a few other of other things. That so you can see that it, it helps to get that that blue letter Bible. And when you're studying now, you can't, it's not easy. You don't. I'm not. I'm not encouraging you to try and study every. Uh, you try and read with the with the Greek. That's that's not important. But but I tell you what. One thing I love to do, um, and what has revealed a lot of things to me is when I read and I go to my my troop my. Um, uh, my new, my life, my living Bible. What's it called? U version. Thank you. My U version Bible. Do you know that U version has got a, a great little feature? When you're reading in the U version app, you can highlight a verse, and if because if you are studying a verse or you're looking for insight into a verse, you can press that. You can highlight that verse and press compare, and then suddenly. All this, the, the different versions in English that have been translated over there, the Young's Literal Translation, the old Derby, the old Wycliffe, or, or the old, uh, you can get the message version, you can get the passage version, you can the NIV, the ESV, the CSV, all of those that you want to compare will be comparing. You can compare some of them, and often I'm like, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. Remember, because this is English, people. This is not the language we speak, not the language that this was written in. So when you, when you compare, when you're studying a verse and you're comparing the versions, it's like, well, that's interesting. They kind of say the same thing. But, oh, what? Why is that one different? Why is that? Oh, that's strange. Why does Young's literal use a word here that is not in here? Why does Darby leave out that whole phrase, but it is put in the Passion Translation? Where did they get that from? why is that added and that taken away here? I, you, you get that I'm talking about studying the Bible, right? Okay. Reading the Bible when you're, when you're wanting to, to study the Bible. So you go there, and then you go, oh, let me look at my blue letter Bible. Open your blue letter Bible, go to the interlinear, and then boom. Now you see, oh, that's what the original text actually uses. That's interesting. And a whole new world opens up to you. Let me tell you, that I, I am so grateful for these tools that are on our fingertips because when I was in Bible school 30 something years ago, there was, there was none of these tools available. I mean, like some, like you can get vines and vines was a donkey choker. How many of you remember? You had to save up for a vines, man. And you had a Strong's exhaustive concordance. And if you were gonna go and do the Strong's now, I mean, you would go through Strong's numbers and you would change and look up the, it was all in paper. Now, you can just click on a thing, and it, there is your strongest translation right there. You can check it in fairs and dictionaries, and it's all click, 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 click. It's so easy. Shannon, I don't want to be a Bible college. I don't want to be a Bible student. I, the reason I'm giving you these tools and telling you about these tools is because as a disciple of Jesus, you need to know some of these things you can't be always taking my word just for it. You need to have the ability and the freedom to go and check things out for yourself and the ability to study things out or because there's so much nonsense out there like, oh, well, the Bible that nobody understands, there's these translations, they, they don't even agree. Well, there's very simple explanations for why some of the, there's slight variations because there's interpretation. I have worked with other languages. I, 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 I speak a second language. And, and there's, when you do any translation work from any language, there's ways you can interpret it. Because there are certain phrases that you, can not trans, you can't translate word for word. So do you know that some English translations are translated in a way that they try and give the context of the word, the Scripture, to you? Because there isn't a—so they, 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 they try and interpret versus translate. And there is a difference. You know, there's some things that just do not translate from English to Afrikaans or from Afrikaans to English. You're just like, uh, that's not going to work. I, I, and, and if any of you are multi-language speakers, you will understand. So sometimes we have English translations that are word-for-word word translations and then some that are concept-for-concept concept or thought-for-thought thought translations. And both are awesome. There's not a, I know some of you are thinking, well, which one's right? No, you've got to you've got to be able to read both and like, wow, that's interesting. Because everything as you've as let me go into my toy box again. <laughs> Not this one today. <laughs> the logos is the written word of God, but it's also the living word of God. It's multi dimensional. And sometimes we get so, so wrapped up in the right and wrongness of it, we look at something and we try and focus on this little point over here. Is it Should it be Greek? Should it be English? Should it be... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, but the whole thing is contextual. It's whole, it all joins up together. It's multidimensional. Why? Because God, Jesus, is the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, John 1, one Right. And the word was with God, and he was God. He is the very Logos. Right? You've got to understand. So, the whole context of the word of God has to be written, it has to be understood through the whole context of, of who God is. I'm, I'm going to jump bounce right to the end of my message right now, where I was, well, touch on it. But it's, but it's like if you don't understand the character or nature of God, you don't understand anything he says because you will you will be seeing things in the wrong filter. You see, if you wouldn't mind joy, go to that last scripture. I think I've got it, oh, Hebrews I'm gonna go forward gonna Hebrews I'm down to Hebrews chapter one verse one. Long ago, at many times and in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in in these days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and upholds the universe by the word of his power. There's so much in this because Jesus is the exact imprint, you see... Understand that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, two thousand years ago, roughly, all those priests that were around—they had been reading the Old Testament up till the book of Malachi. They had, they had those same priests that crucified Jesus. That same religion that was, which was burdening people. That same religion that was trying to trap. People and catching people in adultery, trying to trick Jesus, trying to do—they were thinking they were doing God a favor because they had their religious glasses on. Everything they read, they saw, they didn't understand. They were waiting for a triumphant return of somebody who was going to rule over the world and is going to exalt. They want to kick out the Romans. He's going to—he was going to take charge. In everything, because they did not understand the scripture that said, no, 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 There's before he comes as a triumphing, he is going to come as a suffering servant. Their their filters could not see the suffering servant, because they had determined when the Messiah comes, he was going to rule. Are there scriptures that say that he is going to rule? Yes, many. Many scriptures. But are there scriptures that say he was going to be the suffering servant? Isaiah 53, Psalm 23, all those. Psalm 22, what, how he was going to be much of Isaiah. The whole book of Isaiah has got so much about what Jesus. But you see, because they had their filters on, they could not perceive it. They could not see. Though they were looking. Like we read this, prophets and kings wanted to weed or They wanted to understand what you are looking at. But they could not. What you're seeing, because you're not even understanding it. But it says then in Colossians 1, it says this. It says, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. I want to stop there for a second. Do you know that He created invisible things? All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. We, think to, we seem to think that God only created things and anything He created was visible. No. He created invisible things. Interesting, right? He didn't. Thrones or dominions, authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And there's so much in there that we could carry on here. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, um, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He may be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on, her- on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of His cross. Now, I want you to see, I want to go back to Hebrews. You with me? Okay. Just checking. But back to Hebrews, it says that in, these, it says like, um, in times past and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things. Now, Jesus, His entire life and person and everything He did, said, was an interpretation of the Logos. The whole Logos. He is the Logos made flesh. So Jesus is the key to understanding who God is. Prophets couldn't see it, kings couldn't see it. It took God manifesting Himself, the Logos taking the part of Himself, manifesting His flesh on the earth, and saying, You want to see what I'm really like? This is the interpretation this is the legend. This is the key. This is the one that you can interpret, and this is is what I'm trying to say. Like, Like a map has a legend, there's a key to understanding. You have to interpret the entire Genesis 1 verse 1 to the end of Revelation. You've got to interpret through the life and ministry of Jesus. Everything he lived, how he treated people, everything he said, everything finds its it's interpretation through the life and person of Jesus. Jesus isn't, you have, if you don't, if you can't understand anything in Old Testament and New Testament until you see it through the light of Jesus. People will say, well, God really changed because in the old days he did this and then he changed. No, 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 no. You don't and I don't understand it until we understand intention. Intention. How many times, if, you, if somebody is communicating one person to another, if you don't understand that they have good intended for you, and if you understand that they've got... If you've assumed, you've, got a, you've made an assumption that this person has got evil intended for you, you're going to misinterpret what they say and what they do. I like the way Jim Richards says this. He says this, If you were sitting at a table with a b- bunch of mafiosa gangsters right? And you, like, you, like, you imagine the Al Capone days and mafioso gangsters, and Al Capone, who's had a reputation of what you had seen and known about Al Capone, and he leans over to his guys and he says, take care of him. What do you think that means? Do you think that means like, oh, let me bring him a cup of coffee and tuck him <laughs> into bed at night? No. When he says, take care of him, he doesn't mean what you and I may take, take care of your baby. We could be using the same words, but the intentionality is interpreted through the person speaking. Their motive and intention gives context to what they are saying. Think about that for a moment. You see, if you think that God's got judgment in for you, Oh, God's judging me. God's judging America. God's judging New Orleans. God's judging New York City, whatever. God's judging because you've got an interpretation, a religious understanding that God is a judge. And He's just waiting to boil over with wrath for the wicked. Now, I won't even, I mean, I'm getting really close to the bone right now because many of us have believed this. But when you understand what Jesus did, making peace through his cross, as we just read, hold on a second, the full punishment that brought us peace was upon him? Now is the judgment of the world. All of these things that Jesus, we've got to go back to see Jesus, like, okay, so let's look at the life of Jesus. We've got to interpret everything through the life of Jesus, what he did, how he lived, what he said, how he interpreted. How many people did Jesus beat up? How many people did Jesus make sick? Etc., etc., and on and on it goes because there's people. Oh, well, God is just teaching me a lesson. He's given me cancer so that He can be glorified through my cancer. Excuse me? What? Well, you don't understand. They were in hospital and they led somebody to the. I have heard this one so many times, it's common. Hey, listen, praise God if you lead somebody. It doesn't matter the circumstances, but I can promise you, he who is health and wholeness and is the, is doc, is the doctor of heaven is not going to hand out sickness. He can't. He doesn't have it. He is wholeness, he is health. He doesn't have anything but wholeness in him. Nowhere in Jesus' life do you want to see him making anybody sick. You've got to interpret all of these things through him. He is the interpretation. Everything. He is the key. In these times past, God has revealed himself through his son. That's what makes the body, that's what makes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John so amazing. To go and look through four different angles and perspectives of different men who surrounded Jesus and their stories and how they saw and how they interpreted what he did, because how he lived, he was the exact imprint. The exact imprint. Amen so powerful. I went way longer than I wanted to on that. But I I hope that it's, does it, is it making sense, guys? Okay, okay, cool. Because it is just, I say this because there are, when we are not looking at the right God, we can interpret, we're not looking through the right lenses, we will see and interpret the wrong thing. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, you know, um, I wanted to in Second in Corinthians, I touched on the scripture last week, so I don't want to go through the whole thing. Um, but in Second Corinthians four, in verse eight, Paul was talking about how he had been afflicted, and and not crushed, and perplexed, but and not driven to despair, um, persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, but not destroying, carrying in in, in his body the very uh, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in his body. So that's a little bit of background context. Then in 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 verse. Um, uh, 16, I want to go to quickly and, and, and say, it's, so it says this, so we do not lose heart, though our, Eden, our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed uh, day by day, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Um, and, and I said last week that understanding things in context of, of eternity is so powerful, um, Because when we understand how short this world is and how small it is, then it puts context to what you think is a big, giant, big issue. Suddenly, it's not such a big issue in light of eternity. What you're facing, it doesn't matter what you are facing, in context with eternity, when you let eternity, when you look, when you recover your sight, as I said last week, when you recover your sight to see things the way it is, in light of eternity, it's small. In light of eternity, all of these things. When in light of the forgiveness that you and me have been given, that offence that you're holding on to somebody is nothing. But you see, if you keep your eyes on that offence, I am not gonna I'm not gonna I am not going i am not going to forgive that person. That's was why Jesus gave that whole parable about forgiveness. And I don't want to go into that thing, but he said, listen, you don't realize what debt you have been delivered from. When you understand that you have been delivered from this astronomical debt that you could never pay, you are less apt to hold any grudge against anybody else. You won't demand 20 bucks from a person and throw them into jail for a smile, a tiny little debt. Because that's what it compares to the amount that you owed. That Jesus has forgiven from you. You see, so there's this, what are you looking at? You can look at the little debt, or you can look at it, this great big deliverance and forgiveness that you've been given. You can look at eternal things, or you can look um, at, at just this little world and live for just this little time on earth. Because that's what you're choosing to look at. So then it goes into verse 18. Um, actually, let me go back to verse 16. I want to I want to pull out a couple of things here. In verse 16, it says, "We do not lose heart." That's a powerful statement there, because I know we can all lose heart. But this is this. There's keys here so that you don't have to lose heart. He says, "We do not lose heart, though our out, outer nature or outer self." Is wasting away now. That word is actually anthropos. The outer man is wasting away, and that word wasting away. I looked it up, it's actually this to um, it is uh, to rot thoroughly. It says, This outer man is rotting thoroughly. While the outer man is rotting thoroughly, the inner one is being renewed. Day by day, it's just growing, as becoming refreshed. And then he says, so you've got a choice. There's there's so much in that. Guess what? You've got an outer man, you've got an inner man. We spoke about Ephesians 1, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, right? We spoke about that, like you have eyes. You have got to understand, you have an inner man and you have an outer man. Yes. Okay. So your outer man is rotting thoroughly. While your outer guy, your outer man is rotting thoroughly, it's, it's set to decay. It's going to, it's going to pass away. It says your inner man is renewed, is made new, is growing, is being refreshed day by day. Not once in the sweet by and by. Your inner man can be growing and being renewed day by day day, and then he says this, he says, then he goes into, for the slight momentary affection is prepared is an eternal weight of glory, and then he says, as, he's going to give it to in verse 18, how is this happening, why, why is my inner man, why is my inner man being renewed day by day, how is my inner man being renewed day by day, he says, as we look, not to the things that are seen, now I'm going to have to get back into my, my words here, because here we go. He says, as we scopio, we don't focus our attention. Scope, you know, as a telescopic sight, this is a word. It's not blepo, it's not a it's not weido. it's not ophthalmos, it's not. He says, as we focus, he says, as we look, observe, mark, fix our eyes on, he says, not the things that are blepo, that are seen, but the things that are not blepoed. Or unseen, he says, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal or without end, they have no beginning and they have no end. Remember, he made the invisible, right? Okay, so we focus on if you are focusing on the outer man, if you are focusing on the physical. You cannot be renewed inwardly day by day. You cannot experience being renewed inwardly out day by day if you're, all you are doing is focusing on the outward man. <laughs> it's so quiet. You see, the tangible, the, the the tangible stuff, the physical stuff is temporary. Man, it's temporary, people. We've got to realize that there's an inner man that is lost forever. Whether you are born again or not, the inner man lost forever. There is an eternity for every human. God just gave us a deliverance so we can live it with Him. The tangible is temporary. Now I'm, I'm going to go to what's my time here? Okay. In in if um, I want to mention this in in I, I like this similarly in Hebrews chapter eleven verse twenty six. Is talking about Moses. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Um, By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the angel, uh, the anger, sorry, of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Man, isn't that a presence? So, did you have verse 27 there, Joy? If you don't, I'll I'll let you go back to that. But it says there in in that verse, even in 26, that word looking over there, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward, which is an interesting word. It's a a variation of the word blepo. It's an anablepo, and it actually means to turn your eyes away from something to focus on something else. So he turned his eyes away. He, He looked somewhere else. He turned away from something and looked somewhere else because he was looking for a reward, it says. And because of this, in verse 27, it says, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured, which means to stand steadfast, endure, because he was looking, seeing. I'm just going to double-checking my words. It was actually that word orau, not blepo. It's that same word I mentioned earlier. It was in my mind's eye, I'm understanding, and he was looking at him who is invisible. Now there I have a bunch of scriptures here that I can't get to today. But you know how many scriptures there are that talk about us looking at the invisible. You and I as believers are designed to look as well. We have the capability to look at the invisible. You can look and see the invisible. Or you can choose to just live in the tangible. Look at the tangible, which is passing away. Look at the circumstances. Look at your bank account. Look at the status of your relationship. You can just be looking at that stuff, or you can be looking at the things God made that are invisible. There, As I said, there are a number of scriptures that are, are talking about the invisible, and I don't necessarily want to jump into them right now, but I, 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 maybe I can this to a close here a little bit in first Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 um, we impart 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory none of the rulers of this age understood it for if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory but as it, as it is written famous scripture here what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man, man imagined what God has prepared for those who to love him. Now often we end there, right? We often stop there. But then it doesn't carry on verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the thoughts of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now listen to this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's is from God that we may understand the things freely. Freely given. Now I'm going to start backwards. Freely given. Is that earned? It's given and it's given freely. But guess what it says? No eye has seen, no ear heard, no mind imagined, conceived in the heart of men, what God has prepared for them in loving. It's not talking about in the sweet by and by, people. Amen. This is There's a huge... We could spend weeks on this passage because it goes... I wish the chapter didn't divide it, but down to in chapter 3, verse 3. He says that, that we have been given these by the Spirit of God. He has given His Spirit to us so we can understand. And that word understand is the word... Widow, No, that same word that we've, we, we've seen translated as see sometimes, that we may know and understand and grasp these things that God has freely given us. And then he goes on to say, he says, he said, but you guys are infants in Christ. He says, these things are freely given us. And, and he says, but I, I can't speak to you as, as spiritual because you're, you're, I, I, you're just babies, you're not looking at the right thing. You're not seeing what has been freely given to us. There is not a thing that we have to go out and earn. We don't have to go out and earn these things from God. We've got to understand by the Spirit what has been, past tense, freely given to us. Past tense, freely given that we may understand, that we may perceive, may we may know these things that have been freely given to us. So, how do we, how do, we do this? I, 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 one, one more scripture. Philippians 4, verse 5. I'm going to start. Um, well, there, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Um, Philippians 4 uh, verse 5 says, the Lord is at hand. I love that. Just by staying, starting there, when you start, when he says, guys, Jesus is coming back soon, that does what? That gives you an opportunity. As soon as somebody, when especially apostles, say that, hey guys, let me tell you, Jesus is coming back soon. Pause. Ah, let's see things in context. Jesus is coming back soon. I mean, if you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow morning at 7.45, what would that change about your day today? How would you change your life and your decision-making process if you know Jesus was coming back tomorrow or later today? Do you know that it's possible? But so when he says the Lord is at hand, one thing we start doing is like, hold on a second. Take a step back. Let's look at things a little eternally. (coughs) He's coming back, he says, okay. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Now he says this famous scripture. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then in verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all intellectual grasp. I'm changing. Understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Powerful, right? Because we have decided what? Not to be anxious and all these things. Then in verse 3, he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable. If anything is excellent, if anything worthy, worthy of praise, think about these things. Thinking, focusing your thoughts on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is commendable, right? All of these things. He says that um, pure, lovely, sorry, true, honest, just, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Think about these things. You see, we, we I made a comment a couple of weeks ago. I think America is one of the hardest places to be a disciple of Jesus. We have so much that is demanding our attention. If you are focusing on the news, and listen, I, I must confess, I can get it, I can become a news addict. And you can pick up, and I try, I mean, I stopped, I stopped watching the news, then I would pick up an app, and I would go and go, and then suddenly I find myself scrolling to the news app, find out what's happened. And I find myself, I, I kind of, I have to kind of wryly smile at myself because I found, I've picked up listening and watching what the news says. Listen guys, I'm telling you, if you want to do a test, watch the news for a while on one day or one hour and then spend some time focusing on what Jesus did for you for another hour and see how you feel after one. If you focus your eyes on what is seen, and especially through the interpretation of CNN or Fox News, I'm, not to, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I mean, sadly, I've noticed a lot of the news station, even Fox, whatever, going into a more liberal, progressive agenda. Yes, I'm telling you, what, I, I, I've lived under propaganda. I'm telling you, be careful. Because, because it will, the world system is designed to keep you in its dominion. That's right. Amen. And if you keep your eyes and your ears in the world system, it's going to fill your eyes of your heart and your mind with your heart with its parameters, its concerns, yes. its worries. Right. And listen, I'm not going to stop there. It's not, it's not just news. If you're a great sports addict and all you did is watch sports, Nothing is wrong with any of these things, people, but if that's what you filled your eyes with, if that's what you filled your heart with, if you're a social media person and all you filled up yourself with social media, doesn't matter what form or platform it is on, whether it's Twitter or whatever, TikTok or Facebook, if all that you did was stay in there, if you filled your eyes and your ears with what's coming through there, you see, you have got to be, you are the one that is told. We, you and I are both the ones that we, we, are. it's up to us to guard our hearts. That's right. Amen. Above all else, it says in Proverbs 4. Amen. Amen. I get to choose where I'm going to put my ophthalmos, what I'm going to be seeing, what I'm going to be looking at. Now, listen, we all have to go to Walker. We can't close our eyes to the physical world. We all live in a physical world. It's not talking about that. It says, but what are you going to allow yourself to be influenced by? Amen. Amen. There is, if, if, if we can get our eyes on Jesus, and I don't mean like, I mean, that, that can sound so religious jargon-ish, but to understand who He, the Logos, is, what He has done, what that means. When, we, when my heart is filled with that, I'm telling you, I was watching my own heart this week. And as I said, as, as I was exposing myself, I was like, man, my heart is troubled. Why? And it was like, and it was just like, man, what have I been looking at? And then you just spend some time and you focus on what God has done, who he is, what his unchanging character, his unchanging nature, what he has done for me, personalize it into you. What, I'm, what are you? Then suddenly things change you know that you your vision for every part of your life your vision for your future your vision for your marriage if you're married your vision for your children if you have children everything starts with the vision that you create you create that you allow that vision in your heart by what you're looking at what are you watching what are you allowing Because you're focusing your attention on it. When it says here, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, think about these things. It's not just, you know, think about what God has given us. Choose to put your eyes on something else. Amen? That is just a start. My, there's so much we can get into in imagination and, and, and all of those parts of what we're looking at. But, but my prayer is, is, is honestly, you can't lay hold of what has been freely given you. I'm going to say it again. Past tense, freely given you, if you don't allow your eyes to be looking at the right thing. You are being robbed, blind, stripped naked, and exposed If you just listen to the world system, if you just listen to social media, if you just watch the news, it will rob you blind, okay? I mean, we are being called to a great kingdom. We can triumph over all of this. You can walk at liberty. You can walk in a greater freedom of everything God gave us, amen? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your great love for us. We choose to hear what your Spirit is saying to us. Lord, we know that this message is certainly not any sort of condemnation because you have loved us with an everlasting love. But as always, there are simple choices because you have this powerful thing called free will. They're your eyes. It's your heart. It's your choice what you will choose to focus on. So choose to do that and then ask the Spirit to God something like this from your heart. Say, Lord, show me. If I'm not even aware of what I'm seeing, I'm asking you to make me aware. What am I looking at? What am I putting my attention on? Show me, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being a guide to me, a teacher to me, a helper to me. Thank you for showing me what has been freely given to me. That I can walk in my rightful inheritance as a co-heir, as an ambassador, as your child. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for ministering to us. If you don't know Jesus, remember, that's whether you're watching this as a recording or watching this here or online, Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It starts with a simple, Jesus, save me. I need you. That's all it is. Thank you. That's where it starts. And and if that's a decision that you make right now, please tell us about it so we can get you some material. can give you a book, help you. God loves you so very much. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit or you're struggling with any other thing, sickness or whatever, you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, know that we have prayer ministers right here in the front. And we also, online, you can contact us on that number on your screen and, and a prayer minister will be in touch with you. We surrender to that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Amen, guys. I know that was a, a mouthful. Um, I pray. I mean, genuinely. I mean, was that hard? Was it difficult? Senior, you can be honest. This is this is church. You have to be. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. We love you guys so very much. You have. Don't, let's not be looking at the things that are seen, amen? Let's see the truth of what He has given us, amen? Well, mothers, we're so grateful for you. Remember, there's those bottles at the back um, uh, for, for life choices and the gift for all moms. There's a, there's a gift over there. And there's also that photo booth wall, and we have a photographer there, so you don't have to take your own pictures. They will take a pretty beautiful picture. Oh, you can take a picture of yourself to send to your mom if your mom's far away. Many parents it, giving me. Yeah, let me, let me that. clarify that. Thank you. If you are not with your mom, you can still go to a photo booth. There's a little message board there, and you can send her a message of love with your photo. Oh, that's a good idea. So, in other words, if you're not with your mom today and you're like, oh, I wish my mom was here, go and take a photo of yourself. She'll like that, I promise. So, we we love you guys. If there are any gifts at the end of the service and you want to take an extra one, just hang out until the end of the service and then you can take one of the extra ones and give it away to a mom, an an extra mom, a bonus mom, a neighbor mom, a spiritual mom. We love you guys. Have a happy Mother's Day and we will see you guys next week. And don't forget Overflow Wednesday, Youth is happening Wednesday, all those good things.